I believe that with the advent of acid, we discovered a new way to think, and it has to do with piecing together new thoughts in your mind. Why is it that people think it's so evil? What is it about it that scares people so deeply, even the guy that invented it? What is it? Because they're afraid that there's more to reality than they have confronted. That there are doors that they're afraid to go in, and they don't want us to go in there either. Because if we go in, we might learn something that they don't know. And that makes us a little out of their control. And as we all know, if the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to man as it is. Hello and welcome. I'm Douglas Bowles, and this is 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Monday, March 7, 2016, and our March Music Showcase continues. Of course, I should also mention that we are bringing out of the archives just for this month any current Tree Ford artists that we've spoken to in the past, such as Sally Ford, Story Grub, Deep Creeps, Transistor Send, Magic Sword, and many others. Today, we will travel to Brooklyn by way of South Carolina. But first, as many of you may well know, our SyncBook Plus March member hangout is taking place in person in Boise, Idaho, March 23rd through the 27th to coincide with the Treeport Music Fest. We've rented a very large house and have a number of interesting individuals signed up who are making the journey later this month, such as Alan Andros, S.J. Anderson, Misty Greer, John McGuire, and many others. I should also say it's never too late for Sync. And actually, Wally Shaherald, host of Fine Just Fine from SyncBook Radio, is now on board for making the trek too. In fact, on Saturday, March 26, he's making a formal presentation at our conference, which is happening at the Marion Bingham Room at noon and is free to those who would like to join us. We also have a labyrinth walk that I'm really excited about. Remember my book? Well, we're stepping into it a little bit. But if all of a sudden you just now realize that you've blundered and not signing up for the Boise Spring Sync, get in touch with me, mail at 42minutes.com, and maybe we can work something out. Our planned events are free, nonetheless, and it's going to be an interesting little summit, a gorilla sync experiment. But today we are sharing 42 minutes with Acid Dad, the NYC psych punk four-piece currently touring their way to South by Southwest and then Tree Fork. Conceived at a drag show in Brooklyn in August 2014, Acid Dad has quickly become one of the most talked about bands in the New York scene. Over the past year, their string of infectious psych punk singles has earned them nods from the likes of Nylon, The Deli, CMJ, Village Voice, and more, and has garnered them slots at the Gigawatts Festival and Color Me Bushwick. Dingus once described them as so fucking good, and if you listen to their most recent single, Grim, you'll see why. Between dropping awesome tracks like that one, Acid Dad has made a name for themselves as one of the tightest and most energetic live bands in the Brooklyn scene. The band recently played six CMJ shows, including Austin Psych Fest's Levitation Showcase at Rough Trade, along with Drinks, Mild High Club, and Shannon and the Clams. Their debut EP, Let's Plan a Robbery, is now out and available at iTunes. More information about them can be found at their website, aciddad.com. They will be playing Tree Fort Saturday, March 26 at 6.30 p.m. at the Olympic. And you guys don't want to miss that. How are you guys doing this morning? It's not this morning anymore. <laughs> How are oh, you today? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> what, what, you're good. And so, uh, where I like did your, uh, I like your all ugly quote, man? <laughs> yes. 
Well, we'll get into we'll get into the idea of psych rock here in a second. But where in the world are you right now? I don't know. We're in Trump's right away. Can you hear that? We're in we're in Wilmington, uh, North Carolina right now. North Carolina. And did you play somewhere yeah. last night? Or yeah, we played here last night. Uh, at this uh, place called Reggie's. It's like a record store, bookstore, cool music venue, dive bar, pretty good spot. And do you play tonight? Uh, tonight we're in Columbia, South Carolina at the Art Bar. Uh, it's this weird like rock and roll pizza party thing. And are you guys doing a bunch of headline shows? Are you supporting someone else, or what? What's what kind of tour is this right now? Right now we're doing like ten days uh, supporting White Reaper, and then we do like Sinatra stop over thirty-five cents in stop the stop last Treeport, and then we continue on to headline for about another month. Kind of like April we're headlining our trips. Yeah, and and so then you play your way back in April back to New York. It looks like. Uh yeah, we go kind of uh up. We go to the northwest. Vancouver, Seattle, Portland, and work way all the way down to San Diego, then go back through Texas, and then go up the Midwest, and then back to the Northeast by uh, late April, and then we're uh, playing with Police Hall Rouge back in New York, uh, April 28th. Wow. Have you guys, have you done a tour like this before? Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so uh, last week I talked to a band from Denmark, and they went on and on about the type of vehicle they drive. Are you as discerning, or do you just does it matter yet in your career? Uh, yeah, we just got this new Ford van. Pretty tight. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Somebody, like, built it out, like, in the middle. I don't know, like, like aftermarket seats. It's pretty comfy. We're actually chilling pretty hard, so we're having a good time. We got our personal keys yeah. in the van. It's funny how the seats become like involuntarily inspired. Do you guys? It, it's not big enough to sleep in there, is it? Yeah. Uh, not really. We have a lot of gear. Yeah, we have a lot of equipment here. We haven't reset up one yet, but <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Lots of shitty hotels. A lot of bands will have a, a trailer and they'll put all the gear in the back there. But definitely yeah. all the. You uh, you can't take certain highways, especially in the Northeast, with that, and then tolls are more expensive, and then it kills your gas mileage. Parking is a bitch. Parking hard. Huh. It's just, uh, yeah, so we, we, we luckily could fit everything in the car, just barely. We took out the back row. Yeah. So it, it, it's working out. All right, well, so who am I talking to today? Who Who is here on this in this call in the van? Uh, Sean's driving. Kevin, uh, co-pilot right now. Uh, Vaughn, the back. Gilman, in the back. Wait, Vaughn's sitting in the Kurt Cobain seat. The Kurt Cobain. Behind the shotgun? Behind the shotgun. <laughs> that's the Kurt Cobain seat? Yeah, that's the seat behind the shotgun seat. I've never heard this. Is it, That's where he'd like to ride? <laughs> oh, okay, I'm pretty dense. Got it. Behind the shotgun. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> It's not that funny. Mark killed it. Okay, so the driver's name is John. Sean or John? Either or. Sean. S E A N. Sean. And what is Sean doing in Acid Dad? Playing the bass guitar. Bass guitar. 
And and are you a pretty fair yeah. driver? Do they like it when you drive the van? I'm probably the best driver. Yeah. We don't let Danny drive. Uh, yeah, I got outvoted when it comes to driving. Danny, what do yeah, you Danny, do in I'm the band? I play guitar and sing. And Kevin, you said you're in the co-pilot spot. You're riding Chewbacca. Yeah, I'm. I'm riding Chewbacca. I'm the drummer. You're the drummer. And then there's yeah. one. Uh, we missed a guitar player, maybe. Yeah. And then, uh, then I'm in behind the shotgun. I'm uh, Vaughn. I play guitar and also sing. And uh, yeah, I'm just chilling in the back right now. I drove a lot yesterday. They're driving these drunk fools around. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, no, we, we have a good time. Well, so that's something yeah. else that we talked about. I, I was talking to a band from Denmark, and it came up that – so there was this episode of Cops where the Halo Benders were on tour in Utah, and they got pulled over by some cops, and it was actually aired on the show, Cops. That's, that's crazy. That, that's, re- that's, not, that's my biggest nightmare uh, is getting pulled over and by, like, crazy southern cops. That's happened to me before, and like, yeah. So, we're we're pretty we're pretty responsible. So we've been so far so good. Right, and so in that episode, one of the guys had like a pipe on him, and so yeah, they busted him and took him into like the police station. Yeah, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, I watched a lot of cops, and I, I learned that you don't roll around with pipes, like you know. We have, like, some weed on us, but it's like we can, like, eat, you know, we have enough for, the rule is, like, you have enough where you can eat it, you know, in case the cops pull you over and eat it. So, hey, we're cool. <laughs> okay, so tell me about Psych Rock. <laughs> sure, yeah. Psych Rock. I asked, I had, a, I was at this show the other night, and I'm like, what's the deal? Why is there so much Psych Rock right now? And he's like, I think all the kids are doing acid these days. That's the only way you, you. That's the only way you can understand that music. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. What do you guys think? Why is there so much psych rock right now? Um, I think it's like a matter of taste in a lot of ways. Like, it's also like psych rock is also pretty simple when it comes down to it. A lot of things there's an easy barrier of entry into the psych rock uh, scene. And I think what really makes good bands stand out from, like, other bands that if you could really, really narrow down something special in the psych rock scene, I think Ken wants to say something. Uh, I was just going to say, like, from a historical point of view, there's, like, everything goes in waves, and there was, like, the first wave of psych rock with 13 floor elevators, and then the late 80s, there was, like, the Paisley scene that revived, and uh, in the last, like, 10 years, especially with, like, Austin Psych Fest in America and in France, uh, there's been another wave that's emerged. Uh, with bands like the Black Angels uh, or something like that. There's a whole other wave of psych rock. So, you know, there's a good scene cut out for a good community right now. Cool. Yeah, I think, uh, Danny here, um, I think it's become more of just kind of like a mentality towards music than anything nowadays when you look at it in a modern scape. Um, you're starting to see it like in hip-hop and all that kind of stuff. It's just like really arising if you if you hear, say, like Kendrick Lamar or something like that. Like, you definitely hear Psychedelic Vibes and it's not even just because it's guitar music. I think it's more of the atmospheric component of, a, of the music that it's creating that transports you somewhere else. Yeah, that's interesting. The, I was talking to an, an Italian band a couple weeks ago, and they were saying, well, maybe it's just a, a term we use instead of indie at this point. I'm like, uh, I mean, 
yeah, I think that could totally be a factor as well. Um, but I don't know. Indie, indie, indie is such a broad term to me. There, I think psychedelic rock definitely uh, kind of takes you like takes you somewhere. Yeah, it's you know? not a song about just you know dancing to Joy Division in the dance floor, like yeah. something silly. It's more like an atmosphere that's created that makes you think a little bit more. Yeah, it's that hair rising on the back of your neck kind of feeling. I, I personally, like, I think the opposite of what that band so I, I think, again, like from a historical point of view, like psych rock is actually a kind of specific idea. I mean, it definitely goes hand in hand, like as your introduction said, with like drug music. There's no question about that. Uh, I mean, the the music was born out at the same time that acid became somewhat mainstream in the, in the 60s. So, you know, there's definitely an association right there. Well, so I guess that's that's interesting in terms of uh, as a response to what popular culture is doing too a little bit because definitely if if there's an instrument that everyone plays right now it's, it's the computer and so it's hard to get away from just the digital sound that what you can do with a computer but when you're when you're back to just guitars and drums there's something authentic about that I guess where, where, how do you guys feel about music in general well, I'm actually, this is Vaughn talking. I used to be, or I still am, a keyboard player and producer. I used to play the computer like a lot, and I got really, really fed up with it. And I, and I taught myself guitar, and there's something so just authentic and real about learning, you know, just a real instrument. And I think that's something that just like, will never die, you know. Um, and in this age, I feel like the computer age and Ableton and stuff is like at, a, at its peak right now. I feel like, I feel like it's, it's all kind of, it's all cyclical. So I think it kind of ties back to the psychedelic thing. I think it's the old way is kind of coming back. Yeah, I don't think you can sit around and say that every great song has been written. Also, but like, someone like Flying Lotus, I think, is, is doing a great job uh, incorporating like really original sounds and textures and totally like a psychedelic mindset. So like, that's really interesting. A band that played Tree Fort a few years ago, Odessa from Seattle, they're doing some really, yeah, making great music, but then live it's such a weird experience because it's the two guys and they're bouncing up and down spinning knobs. And you don't really, I, I, don't, uh, uh, I don't know what they're doing up there. And it, you know, it sounds great, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like, it's just not the same as when it yeah. is. I know that there's a good movie. Uh, there's a good movie called Twenty Four Hour Party People that uh, shows like the history of Manchester of how uh, like post punk, like Joy Division and New Order, gave birth to like the Happy Mondays. And there's a good scene in this movie um, that uh, it's like a historical uh, drama that shows like the first time, and the narrator like points this out. They breaks the third wall, points it out to the viewer the first time that like an artist was basically playing someone else's music and then the crowd was applauding them for that when that happened in like in the 80s and the crap work as well also pioneered that uh that that totally shifted the whole paradigm it, into the idea that you could play someone else's music that's all you can put it just kind of screw with it a little bit and have that be the performance as opposed to like you know the classic rock and roll idea of the show yeah I, I, yeah, that, that movie was fun when he, I think they also break the third wall at it's like the first Sex Pistols show, and they uh, yeah that's right the opening scene yeah and they point out that there's like only 
was it like 42 members of the audience? And not very many people in the audience, but then they're all yeah. people that actually became yeah. instrumental. Yeah, there was like the Clash was there. Yeah. 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 I remember like Kevin, like Kevin and I have seen Sunflower Bean play like a lot to like three people. Way back. Way back. And, or like we're just showing the crowd, we're just showing only like other Brooklyn bands. Yeah. Yeah. It came from Die, this is Joe yeah. Ferrera, Guy Ferreira, there's like yeah. people there. It's like, like, <laughs> yeah, there's like nobody there, but just a handful of group of really just, cool yeah. musicians in the Brooklyn scene. So, I mean, I definitely relate to that. And they just like blew up now. Yeah, they're totally large. <laughs> Very large now. So explain. Our audience might not be familiar with this this group. Who are they called? What what's their story? Uh, so this is a it's like an up and coming band right now called Sunflower Bean. Uh, definitely in like the psych rock realm. They just went on tour as support for Dive. Um, and now they're probably like getting close up to Dive's level. They're toured Europe three or four times. Maybe they're in Europe right now. No, they're playing Philly tonight. They're in the U.S. now. They just got back. Um, yeah, they just you know, signed the Fat Possum, and they've only been a band for like a year and a half, and it's, it's really blown up really quickly. Like three years? We've been a band a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. I, think... I might know for a year and a half. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, they're playing in in this area April 1st. So. Yeah. I'll have to... Say hello. I'll Tell have... them after death this tape. Okay. <laughs> And that's that's cool. Um, how did you connect with Boise and Treefort then? Uh, our agent uh, has a few of his bands playing there. You know, they hit us up. But it was pretty pretty easy. And have you guys been to Boise before? Nope. I don't know what's Nope. What about South by, to it. South by Southwest? Where? What's the one spot I got to check out in Boise? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, how long are you here for? Uh, we have a day off, actually, after our show, so two, we get two days out. Longer than most days. Okay, so what did I say in the intro? You guys are playing on Saturday evening at 6.30? Yeah, yeah. And so then you get to hang out Saturday night and and uh, Sunday also? Yeah, then we drive to Portland on, on that Monday or something like On that. Monday. Huh. I, I'm, I'm going to say... Since the music fest is going on, that's kind of the the thing that you guys will have to do. I, are, have you looked? What are if you... I get really hungry, Doug? <laughs> well, for breakfast, there's a place called Goldie's that's really good. But there's going to be food trucks all over, and so you have to hit up Archie's. He has a really good cheese sandwiches. Um there's a thing called skate fort that happens during tree fort. There's all kinds of craziness that's ensuing and going on all over the place. Uh, so maybe you'll have to check into that. I'm wondering, um, I don't know. Have, have you, have you looked at the schedule at all? Are, are there any other bands that you, you guys want to check out or that, you know, or that we should check out? Like, uh, our friends from Honduras are on that. Uh, Debbie Becco or some homies from Brooklyn, they're playing. DOCs are like, Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Looking to check out Charles Bradley too. Yeah. I. Yeah, no, I'm gonna hang out. That's a truck. Sure. I think. Charles Bradley is Friday night on the main stage. Um, Not sure if we're gonna be there. Yeah. Maybe. Damn it. We're driving through Colo- Utah and Colorado. We have shows, so I put our calendar. 
It's a pretty big drive, I think. Yeah, that's a longer one. Yeah. Uh, Built to Spell is playing on Sunday night. That That's always fun. Um, Built to Spell? Yeah. That'd be awesome, yeah. Uh, there's a Seattle band I like on Sunday, too, playing called Deep Sea Diver. But now, what what cool. were your friend's band's name again? It's a, uh, Honduras. Honduras. And also, uh, Death, Deathly Echoes. It's pretty cool. I could actually give. Deathly Echoes? Dead Leaf Echoes. Oh, Dead Leaf Echoes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's uh, actually a quote. That's a quote from uh, the book uh, Lolita. I figured that out really. S- speaking of books, do you guys read books on tour? Do you like to read paper books? Do you read e-books? Yeah. A lot, yeah. Paper books. Oh, yeah. I have a uh, Jim Thompson book, The Killer Inside Me, and I also have uh, Rip It Up and Start Again, The History of Post-Punk book. It's a little hard to read the car, but yeah. I got some. Is Danny here reading Just Kids by Patti Smith, and also got a collection of Oscar Wilde's plays. Hmm. Do you guys try audiobooks, or is that too too much? We're talking about it. We do, you know, we do a lot of podcasts. Yeah. We do a lot of uh, sound opinions. But uh, Harper Lee just came out with her new book, and we were talking about getting downloading the, that audio book and listening to it. Uh, all along, driving through the south only feels appropriate, you know. Yeah. So it's a what is it? All go set a watchman. Yeah. 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 We we wanted to listen to that. Do you guys? Um, I mean, they made a lot of noise last summer. Do, do you guys know the story behind it all, or? No, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's a follow-up to. Uh, Kill Mockingbird, right. and it's your first book since then. It's crazy. Someone spoiled it for me and said Atticus is a at the end of it all. <laughs> well, well, I think, yeah, I think uh, it's more realistic than To Kill a Mockingbird is the thing. And so maybe To Kill a Mockingbird is like the Disney, Disney version of the story. And Ghost at a Watchman is more realistic in the characterizations of the people. Was it written recently, or was it written back then, and she just hasn't released it till now? It was, it was written back then. Oh, wait. Okay. No, wait, That's no, funny. here's the story. That was the first draft of, of uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh. And then her editor's like, yeah, this isn't going to work. No one... And so she wrote it again from the, the point of view of a younger... I think in, in Ghost at a Watchman scout has grown up and she's a so it's more it has a, a feminist flavor because she's a um a single woman at a time when that's not something you're supposed to be yeah, doing. I don't really yeah give it a shot <laughs> and then when you get here you can do a book review for us okay well. so then uh what what kind of what what shows are you looking forward to you know where where haven't you been before uh, that you're you're excited to go well, it's really it's really fun being at Atlanta. Atlanta's gonna be really cool. The Earl, it's a really big venue. Wednesday coming up. Excited for that. I'm excited for. Uh, I'm really excited to play the Empty Bottle in Chicago towards the end of our tour in late April. Uh, just because I know so many a bunch of uh, bands I've looked up to past few days when they were younger. I'm really looking to plan the the Mohawk in Austin like a week or two after South by Southwest. I'm looking for that show. I think I'll put that there, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. April 17th. Like yeah, I'm looking for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to Treeport. Cool. Good answer. 
So am I. I'm looking forward to Tree Fort also. Uh, also, Savannah, I think, is going to be cool. Savannah Stopover. I've heard a lot of cool things about it. I've heard it's a groovy little town. Yeah, I think we talked to a band from Savannah last year. Maybe go to the beach for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Tell me about White Reaper. I, I've never heard of them either. Um, White Reaper's a really cool band. Funny story. Um, they have like a really, really solid following in Nashville, and that, that's how I heard about them originally, because I grew up in Nashville. It's my, a bunch of my homies sent me their record, and I was a huge fan of it. And then so uh, they came to Brooklyn, Kevin and I, uh, Gomez, uh, and Sean. Actually, all saw them in a uh, Shea Stadium. And we talked to him afterward, and we were like, dude, you guys are tight, and like, we want to open up for you on tour. And sure enough, like, we made it happen, and so here we are hanging, and these guys are great. They're like our age. Uh, they, they, their music's a little more like on the punk rock side of it, but I'm like super into punk rock. I'm really into it. Um, yeah, they're really great guys, having a great time on the road together. Yeah, it's great. It's a great time. Cool. And s- why Brooklyn? Uh, well, why, what, what do you mean? Like, so you're in Nashville, and then it's like New York? This is where oh, it's oh, at? Oh. oh, so I actually, I went to school at NYU. Um, so that's how I, that's how we kind of all met. Kevin and I met through school, and same thing with Gomez. And, uh, we kind of hung out in the music scene. So I moved, I decided to get out of Nashville for a little bit and, you know, check out the Brooklyn, Brooklyn side of things. We're all from all over the place. Danny's from... Uh, born in Columbia, raised in Miami. Sean's from Minneapolis. Uh, I'm from Los Angeles, Los Angeles, so we're from all over the country. Yeah. yeah. And so what, what's it like having a band in in New York or Brooklyn where where it's really expensive? Is it harder than some uh, it's, very, it's very expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, like, that's probably the biggest struggle is that, like, daily things are very, very expensive. You know, like, out here it's amazing. Like, I've never, like, bought a beer for $2.50 before. Like, it, it, it's amazing. Small spaces, it's just like, yeah, cost way too much. Yeah, got to have a job. Yep. Well, do you guys have jobs, or are you able to make it work in just the band right now? Danny and I, this is Kevin speaking, Danny and I are both actually in the music industry for our, our job. So it works really well, because I feel like a uh, music industry job sympathizes with someone who's in their young 20s who's in a touring band, you're kind of able to tell your boss, hey, I'm going to be on the road for a month, and you can work around that, which is really nice. And Sean, Sean actually worked at a recording studio uh, a good amount, so and he did some music as well. So, yeah. Cool. So, last month on the show, we were only talking about X-Files because it came out where you guys... Was that interesting at all to you, or did you were you of the age that it just kind of wasn't something that on your radar? Yeah, not, not, we're not a huge fan of X Files. I just know my aunt used to watch it a lot. That's it. Yeah, we watch a lot of other TV though. Well, the van isn't big enough to actually have a, a little TV or video game console in there, is it? It's it's too too vanish. Uh, it's a nice van, but so we don't have a TV. White Reaper actually has a TV in their van. Yeah. Uh. I mean, we have, like, similar vans, but... No, I mean, also, I get really constantly fun playing, like... We, like, we love Grand Theft Auto. We fucking love Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, like, very much so. But that'd be so dangerous if you're driving and playing it, because the mindset of, like, jumping off a cliff in the car, and then you're driving, and... Yeah, it could start blowing together. It's... Yeah. I've gone on, like, on a three-day Grand Theft Auto van to get in the car and drive crazy. 
and <laughs> divide the line, you know. <laughs> okay, so then what can audiences at Treefort look forward to from a Acid Dad show? Well, our set will be tight, spontaneous, you know, movement. Yeah, you know, we, we're going to have some new songs. Um, we've been working on some new stuff. Uh, maybe, wait, 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 uh, yeah, it's obviously they're going to be on, the, on, a, on a full length or maybe on another EP. We're, we're kind of working on what it, it might be, but we got some new stuff. And so how long did it take you guys to get together the these uh, the well, Let's Plan a Robbery? Well, the Let's Plan a Robbery's, uh, you know, been done for actually a while. It, just, it was a lot of, like, music business, like, planning and, like, PR and stuff to kind of set up all, all that stuff. So while that was all going down, we were writing the next round of stuff. So we, the day uh, Let's Plan Robbery came out, we actually sent off the next round of stuff to the mixing engineer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we're, we're like, one record ahead, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, we also did that while we were on tour, knowing that we're not going to be able to record and write as much while off the road. Yeah, we've so, been hanging out in the hotels and being like, fuck, this is awesome but we we have some songs we we got to work on yeah. we, we, you know it's a blessing to you know that we have so much stuff to work on at the same time yeah but uh let's put a robbery uh like the conception of it like we wanted to put out a body of work for a while in 2015 we only just put out like individual singles every few months and we were kind of at a point where we were ready to put out at least a little body of work and that started like in the fall of 2015 and then we revised it. We re-recorded like or cut songs and added songs like three times. Like there's like three different recording sessions. Uh, and then like the song "Shoot You Down," Danny and Danny had written that. That we've been playing for a while. Uh, we actually changed the key once we started recording it. And then uh, the song "The Bigger Bigger" is uh, the old one. We put that out initially like back in March of 2015, and then totally re-recorded it and added shit to this new EP. So. Some of it's older stuff that we worked on, and some of it, like, don't get taken in fool's gold without pretty fresh new songs. Where can where can the listeners go to to get this that's the best for you guys? I mean, so like, as far as, like, royalties go, I know everyone takes a cut, but if they were going to get this from someplace, where do you say, oh, go here? Uh, Spotify, Apple Music. I mean, we make the most money to buy it on iTunes or buy a CD at a show. That's the coolest thing. But, like, but it doesn't really matter. Is, I mean, yeah, and we're not gonna. What's streaming? We yeah, yeah, we stream. I mean, nobody really makes money off streaming anymore. Really buying music is kind of a reality that we all kind of accept it. Get our music out there to people. Promotion. Buy a tape. Uh, Knifetapes.com. Our homie at Total Tape Label. He put out like a really limited edition cassette. Like really, really cool. Like clear, transparent blue. Uh, there's very few left though. So if you're Knifetapes.com. That's a really good way to buy. There's also a secret track on that, Wink, Wink, Nudge, Nudge. Yeah. <laughs> on the cassette only. Can I ask you a question, Doug? Yeah. Are you, are you a musician? Like, what, what got you into, uh, like, music? I don't know, uh, podcasting and interviews. What, what, what makes you get into this? 
I was in a band back in the mid to late 90s. Um, and so there was a whole kind of indie scene in Boise because Built to Spill was from here. And then we were so close to all these great bands in both Portland and Seattle. But we never... We, we, we stayed together for about five years. Um, I've always been into music, but then when, when Treefort became this thing that happened every year in town, it was really hard to not want to play, I guess, as far as like participate in the actual event in some fashion. And for me, I, I've been doing the podcast anyway. It grew out of this thing that we put together called The Sync Book. It was a bunch of us online who were all interested in synchronicity. And we would do these blogs, and then somebody, uh, Alan, said we should we should put together an anthology of our essays, you know, and try and sell it. It's like, well, that's a great idea. And then we did that, and then uh, the podcast just kind of grew out of it as a natural way to promote the book. It's like, well, we'll talk to everyone who wrote an essay, and it just kind of snowballed. But then because I was doing that, it just made sense to want to interview bands it's like oh i have an excuse to talk to these people that are coming to town but then also there's so much all at once that it's a good way to discover a, a lot of really good new music all in one little shot that's great oh. which is really it, it's 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 fun to you know just have I mean, pretty much you can go into any venue on any night and it's going to be really good music so yeah and then this is just a way for me to like do the research before it's like okay well these guys said yes and so i'll check them out and then talk to them and we'll see what their story's all about cool yeah so thanks for, <laughs> thanks for saying yes and uh and uh totally. letting us check out acid dad who came up with that name i i i did Vaughn. How many times you've done that, Doug? <laughs> Sorry if your mom's listening. Uh, no answer. <laughs> I never have done acid. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You like Nardwar? Yeah. We're watching some Nardwar interviews. Nardwar? Yeah, he's like, uh, he's Nardwar's a human serviette. He's a, he's a uh, interviewer guy. Uh, from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And uh, he's famous for doing, like, the most background research on his subjects. Uh, and, I mean, he'll, he'll go and interview, like, your old friends and family before he interviews the band. I think he's done, like, really high-profile shit, like Snoop Dogg or Jay-Z or, like, you know, even, like, Tyson Dahl recently or Mac DeMarco. He did Kurt Cobain back in the 90s, uh, you should check him out. He gave a really sick TED talk we watched the other day, just about how to like kind of take uh, take your own situation by the reins and like make it for yourself. That whole DIY ethos. Um, anyway, you should check him out. Nardwar the Human Serviette. He has like a YouTube channel with like hundreds of thousands of subscribers. Like he's pretty well known. Really cool shit. Okay. Yeah. No. That. Life goal. Well, I mean, so. Like I was saying, the subject here. Sorry, my son keeps coming into the room. <laughs> What's up, homie? As I was saying, synchronicity was kind of the subject that a lot of us were interested in. Do you guys know what that is? Yeah, I feel like the spontaneous coincidence of like certain 
like events like in within two people's lives or multiple people's lives. Yeah. Do you guys yeah. have anything like that in the band that is I mean the synchronicity was a kind of philosophy that me and my old roommate uh kind of shared. Um that was actually kind of during the time where I was doing a lot of acid and I was hanging out with kind of different crowds and I kind of got out of that kind of way of thinking uh, more recently. Uh, I also stopped doing acid. Uh, <laughs> but the, 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 the thought of synchronicity is kind of interesting. You know, in some senses, I feel like I haven't really thought about it in probably a year and a half. And I haven't really thought of it since. I think it's kind of thing that if you think about synchronicity a lot, you kind of you notice things because you're thinking about it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's kind of like, like you're driving along the road and you, you're all of a sudden, you see like a ton of, of like, uh, Toyota Prius. It's because like you're thinking about seeing Toyota Priuses and like, that's where you tend to notice. So I, I kind of think in some sense that's how synchronicity kind of works. And is that how acid works? No, I mean, I, I, I've done a lot of acid and I really, people, I think it's way, um, over, I don't even know. I'm not going to say overrated because it's really great. But I, I've done it, like, six or seven times. I've never, like, like after an acid trip, they're like, wow, I'm, like, I'm a completely different person now. It, it, it's really, um, it's, it's, it's more just, like, kind of, like, a, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like, so I'm really trying to say. Uh, I think it'll make it too big of a deal. Hmm. There's, like, some degree of synchronicity, though, being in a band, in a position where, uh, you know, we don't have to even look at each other and if we're just jamming. Uh, like, here, I'll give you an example. Like, last night, uh, after the White Reaper show, uh, a few of us in Acidat and a few of them in White Reaper got on the stage. We'd never practiced or anything, but we got up there, we, like, figured out the key of a, a song. I started playing the drum beat. Without looking at each other, we were all walked into the same groove, and, it was, you know, we played the same kind of thing for 20 minutes. But I can be here being the devil's advocate and, and counter that, being like, well the first thing I'm probably going to play if I'm picking up a random instrument is going to be the key of E or A. And it's pretty easy just to jam together in the key of E as if you, if you learned an instrument, you know. And so, yeah, there is synchronicity all around us, I think, in a lot of times. I think it's kind of like the human element, uh, which is really great. It's just like the notion of empathy and being able to feel one another's feelings, you know, especially being in such a tight group and working together with these four of guys. I mean, we're going to be in this, in this car for the next two months, like, there's definitely like a bonding moment, and and that synchronicity does happen. Well, so th- they say that acid kind of takes away. So, okay, so like let's say our consciousness has this filter, or else we'd go crazy because it's just too much, and so we have to just kind of have this. It's like a spacesuit. Our ego is the spacesuit, but acid blows open that and lets lets in this idea that things are a lot more connected than we realize. And so it seems like in a lot of the beat literature and that kind of thing, the, yeah. the acid itself wasn't the magic thing. It was like the doorway to this realization that things are a lot more connected. And I think synchronicity is just a way of pointing at this connection that we're not able to yeah. really process otherwise. It's important to know that like, Maybe acid is the door for some people, but you can still achieve that mindset without acid. You don't need a drug. Uh, totally. And one thing I've noticed, and uh, I, I never really, I guess maybe why I didn't have that door opening feeling is because I've been a musician. And like, I, I feel like to some sense, like, I, uh, I consider myself like an actor 
or like a perform like or a performer because you're on stage, you put out, you put on a different sort of face, different role, and so you're constantly transcending different you know different areas. Maybe for people who've never had that experience before, maybe that drug, that one opportunity was that door opening experience. But um, being a musician and that we we experience that a lot, you know. When I'm really getting into like a song or really have an emotional moment when I'm writing a song, that's when the door opens, you know. It's what gets that hair on the back of your neck moving. Yeah, there's a guy named Stanislav Grof. He he did all kinds of acid work early on, and then it was illegal, and then he he changed it, and they were able to achieve the exact same thing with different breath patterns, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mind body awareness. Yeah. Totally. I mean, meditation also, like, um, yeah, I've, I've, been, I've read this amazing Zen book just talking about, like, breathing and, like, and how to control your thoughts and what type of, uh, like, you know, spaces that you need your mind to live in and what places in your mind you're not supposed to go in. You know, it's, it's all, like, very, very natural. It's called uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. It's, yeah. really, it's a really amazing book. It really changed the way I think and how I act with people. Can you have a psychedelic experience with a psychedelic band and no psychedelics? Uh, yes. I think, uh, I think, yeah, I have to incorporate music, though. Like, you have to, I think, I, I definitely have, like, psychedelic moments when I'm playing music with my friends here. You know, like, you definitely, I definitely have gone to a different place. And it's, like, a place of pure emotion, a place of meaning. And, and it's, that's where the words really, really, really matter. You know, the things that I'm singing, it, 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 that's where my emotions go. And that's where I kind of get locked in. You know? Analysis, man. Well, that was 42 Minutes. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Thank you so much. Really? Yeah, we'll, we'll hang out. You've been listening to Acid Dad on 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and SyncBook.com. Be sure and check out their website, AcidDad.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at SyncBook.com. If you'd like this podcast and would like more, consider becoming a SyncBook Plus member. Some of the membership benefits include full access to the complete audio archive, discounts on books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and video, as well as monthly online hangouts with the hosts. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com slash membership. Thanks so much, and you are either on the bus or off the bus.
Easter.